Welcome to another inspirational teaching from Faith Family Church by Senior Pastor Mike DeBenke. For more information about our ministry, visit us on the web at myffc.tv. Hey, good morning, faith family and friends. Pastor Mike bringing God's word right into your living room again. Not for much longer, though. We've, we've been hearing some uh, news in the grapevine that soon the uh, building's going to be opened up. We'll be able to go back. Those of you who want to, those of you who are more comfortable at home, no problem. We're going to continue broadcasting the service also. So we're just looking forward to it. We can't wait to get around you, hug your necks, and uh, look at you face to face. Um, I don't like preaching to a camera, I'll be honest with you. But anyway, this is the best we have, so we make the best of it. Amen? So we're going to go ahead and we're going to continue our series on the authority of the believer. Now, with the authority of the believer, it, it's been informative. It's been enlightening. Some people have kind of, you know, been shocked by what the Bible says we actually have and what's been made available to us. But my encouragement is for you to get all that you can get. The Bible says in all that you get, get understanding. Learn what God's word means to you personally. And that's really what this series is all about. So we're endeavoring to do that. I told you when I started this series, I was going to continue to, to just bring the evidence and, and bring it to you and let you decide. But I was going to do it like a lawyer building a case. And I believe if you'll stick with me at the end of this, you're going to be convinced beyond a reasonable doubt that God has this for you. Amen. Let's pray. Let's get ready to, to just set our hearts right, get our ears ready, and receive all that God has for us. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for today. It's the day that you've made. We're going to rejoice. We choose to rejoice, and we choose to be glad in it. We thank you that you meet us where we are, and we just give you glory and honor for what you're going to do in our lives. We believe with all of our heart that we're going to be better on the other side of this message and at the end of this series than we were before it. And we thank you for all that you're doing. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so authority of the believer. What we're talking about here is what God has given us. Remember, we've studied it. We've got weeks and weeks with it now. You can go back and listen to it. But God's original plan for man was to have authority to take dominion over this earth. Not over each other, not over other men, but over this earth. This was our place that he made just for us. And then we know from what we've read that Adam messed up and he actually surrendered that position of authority to, to the evil one, to the devil. But then thank the Lord, Jesus came and he restored it back to those of us who will receive it by faith and step up and make our declaration, our decree of what we believe based on God's word. And when we do that, we know things change. And we're going through and we're looking at it scripture upon scripture just so that we can be just completely convinced that, you know what, this is for me and my life is going to be better because I'm walking in this newfound revelation that God has given me. Amen? So the title of today's message is Connect the Dots. And that's what we're going to call this week and next week's. Next week's. And uh, the reason we are is when I was younger, I don't know if they still have them or not. They probably have them on computers and tablets now. But you used to get those sheets of paper with all the dots. And they were numbered, and you, you, know, you traced around and you connected the dots. When you first looked at it, you couldn't really make out what it was going to be. But by the time you connected all those dots, it was a picture that was just like amazing. And that's what we're doing now, is we're connecting the dots. So by the time we get to the end of this series, 
you're going to see a picture of exactly what God has for you. And you're going to have understanding of it. And you're going to be able to walk in it. Amen? We've defined authority as the right to command. You've been given the right to command. God has given you authority. He's given you the right to use his power. Remember, we've talked about this. He made the power available. But it's up to you to flip the switch. And we use the light switch on your wall as the illustration. FP&L brought the power to your house. They're not going to come in and flip the light on when you want lights in your living room. No, that's your responsibility. Pastor Mike, you've said this so many times. I know. And the reason is I want you to every time you turn on a light switch, it reminds you that God's power is available no matter what you're facing. Amen? So what it means to have authority, it literally means that you're authorized to use the power of another. Well, who, who gave us this authority? God did. So we're authorized to use God's power with situations in our life. He has, he's made it available, and he's authorized us to use it. Amen? And see, I want you to understand something. A lot of people are saying, well, why don't things happen in the world now like they did in Bible days? The world is not void of God's power. The world is void of people who will walk in that authority and make their declaration by faith and release the power of God. Flip the switch, if you will, and see the situation change. God is waiting on us to grab a hold of this and for us to make this ours. Amen? We've been given authority. Why do we need it? Because the Bible tells us that there's an enemy to our soul. Remember Jesus said that the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. We saw where he came in in the very beginning in, in the Garden of Eden. We know that he's there. But because of this series, and we've been made aware of how he operates, we're no longer ignorant to his devices and his schemes. And according to 2 Corinthians 2.11, that means he no longer has an advantage over us. Amen? The con man has been exposed. So here we are. We're looking at this authority and we're understanding that, that because of our authority now, the devil no longer has power to harm us. Pastor Mike, the devil, isn't he big and bad and fire from his finger? No, he's not. That's all deception. He, he's inflated himself through a reputation that he cannot substantiate. The Bible says, we looked at it, I'm not going to go back, but it says God has given us authority over all the power of the enemy. All of it. It's all ours. It, it is ours. God put Adam in charge. Now we know in Genesis 2.15, we, we looked at that last week, where it said that God placed Adam in the garden to, to tend it and to keep it. And this is where we're going to start unpacking kind of a little bit. We're going to peel the onion a little more. I know we've looked at these scriptures, but I need you to see just a little bit deeper in this thing, okay? So in, in uh, Genesis 2.15, it's in last week's. So hopefully you made notes and stuff. But he put him there, and the word keep, we found out, meant to guard. It meant to protect, to actually hedge. Well, wouldn't common sense tell you that if God gave you the responsibility to guard, to protect, to hedge, wouldn't that tell you there's something that's going to want to come in if God gave you the authority and the instruction to keep it out? But what did Adam do? He let the enemy right in the front gate. They came in, the snake set up, started talking to Eve, and Adam stood there knowing that he wasn't supposed to allow this. But he went ahead and did it. And that's what got him in trouble. That's what got him to the place where, where by not fulfilling his responsibility, he opened himself up to the attack made himself vulnerable 
to the schemes of the devil. And, and we know from the series what's happened there. We know that, that, that because of what he did, allowing that snake in the garden, that they lost their position. They, they, it, it severed the relationship with God. They no longer walked in the garden with him. God had to separate himself because they allowed sin in. And God cannot be in the presence of, or really, that's not a good way to put it, sin can't be in the presence of God. God in, sin in the presence of God is destroyed because he's pure holiness. So that God, God wouldn't destroy Adam and Eve, he separated himself from them. Right? So, as we look at this, and we see that in Genesis 3.6, I want, I want you to get this because by Adam allowing the snake to stay there and to talk, something happened. Something changed this. And this is for every one of us today. The Bible says that as Eve continued to talk and Adam was with her, that the fruit became desirable. It became pleasant to the eyes and desirable to make one wise. See, what happens is, is when we make room for the devil, when we allow him in and we start engaging, we start thinking about what that temptation is that he's presented to us, that's where we get ourselves in trouble. God had already shown him the whole garden. God had already taken him and said, you see the whole garden? Well, that tree right there, they knew what that tree looked like. That tree right there, you're not to eat of. And they were fine with it. Until the devil came up and said, hey, look at that fruit. You know you want that fruit. If you eat that fruit, you're going to be like God. And the Bible says in Genesis 3, 6, that then it became pleasant to the eyes. It, it, it became desirable to make one wise. It was a trap. Remember the Admiral in Star Wars? It's a trap. I mean, that's, that, that's what the devil does. He sets traps for us. And we see that Adam didn't do what he was supposed to. But Jesus did. And we're going to pick up where we left off last week, where Jesus was in the wilderness. And we know that, that he'd been there, he'd been fasting for 40 days and for 40 nights. The Bible tells us the devil was coming to tempt him. Adam and Eve were tempted, and they failed. Jesus, the Bible says, was tempted. And hear this, he really was tempted. He had to be tempted, or God couldn't say it in his word. He really was tempted. Why? Because he went through this as a man. Was he Jesus, son of God? Yes. But the Bible says he willingly laid aside his deity to face these challenges as a man to prove to us it could be done. But what did he do? He leaned on God. He leaned on the word of his power because of the way he responded. Now, I know we ended on this, but we're going to start on it today and look at it and, and kind of drill down on exactly what Jesus did and why he did it, because it's going to inform us. It's going to let us know how we're to handle it. Because guess what? He's coming to our house too. The devil comes. The thief comes, the Bible says. He, if not, he might come. He comes. We've got to be prepared. We've got to be ready on how we're going to deal with him when he shows up. And that's what God is trying to show us in his word. I hope you're getting this. But in, John, or in Matthew chapter 4, verse 4, we know that the, the, the enemy shows up. Jesus is in a weakened condition. He's been fasting for 40 days and 40 nights. I get grumpy when I miss lunch, so I can't imagine what that's like. You know, but here he is. And we know that Jesus is operating as a man. Luke 10, 19 says that he's been given authority. 
So we know that he's got the same things that Adam had. He's got the exact same things that Adam had in the garden, right? But here we are as we're looking at this. And as he shows up and he starts talking, again, it's that's that that suggestion, that, that temptation that through suggestion, what he's trying to distract him from what does God's word say about this situation? What's God's instruction to our life about whatever situation? Because when he comes and always comes to tempt us, it's to take us off course from the plan of God. It's to get us to, to, to yield our will to his will instead of staying connected with God's will. That, that's what it is. See, when, when, we, when we find out that we have an enemy of our soul, our soul is our mind, our will, and our emotions. And those are the areas that the devil attacks. He tries to get in our heads. He tries to mess with what, you know, what we're thinking about, get our thoughts messed up. He tries to get us to, to, to submit our will to his plan instead of staying submitted to God's plan. He tries to get us to, to, uh, to, to make a decision based on emotions and, and not based on instructions. And that, that's the thing. I know there, there are some people that are they're overly emotional and they get worked up emotionally and then they make decisions they wish they wouldn't have. And what God is showing us is you, you can't let the emotions that he gave us to accent our life actually control our life. There's a danger there and it makes you vulnerable for the attack. It's kind of like this. You get a really nice steak if, if you're not a vegan or a vegetarian, which I'm not. And uh, you get a really nice steak. My son, Chris, makes amazing steaks. It's something that he strives for, and he does a great job. But he puts some seasoning on it. <coughs> but he doesn't put too much. There's nothing worse than having a really nice cut. Sit down to eat it, and all you taste is the seasoning. See, the seasoning is supposed to accent the flavor of the steak. It's not supposed to take it over. Our emotions are to act in our life, to let us enjoy things a little more, to let us feel things and be empathetic to other people, but they're not to control us. But if the devil can get you to allow your emotions to control you, he sets you up. And he's going to try and take you down destructive lane like he did Adam and Eve. So catch, you know, catch this and, and listen to what I'm saying because we're going to connect the dots. So you're going to see this picture start to, start to just develop right in front of you for you. Amen? So here's Jesus. He's there. And he shows up, and, and the Bible talks about what's happened. But then he comes and he tells Jesus, he says, Hey, listen, if you're the Son of God, they both knew, knew who he was. But it's that little bit of doubt he's trying to get. Remember what we said last week? You let just a little bit in, it, c- it can change the, your whole belief system. So he comes and says, hey, if, if you're the son of God, why don't you change these rocks into, into bread? And this is what Jesus did. Adam and Eve, they said, well, tell us more. What, what do you got to say about that? Let me think about what you're saying. You know what Jesus did? He didn't say anything about how hungry he was. He didn't think about how good hot bread would taste right then. He immediately went back to, what does God's word say? And that's why he said, no, and this is out of the new living. No, the scripture says people do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God or by the word of his power. We're to live by the word of his power. We're to address attacks and challenges and and obstacles with the word of his power. We're not supposed to sit there and say, man, this looks bad. Boy, the economy's in tough shape. Oh, they're tough down at work. Now, you know what we're supposed to say? We're supposed to say what God's word says. We're supposed to do exactly what Jesus did right here. 
He didn't talk about the problem. He was hungry, no doubt. He was weak and sure. He was tempted. We know that. But he immediately went to the Word. What do you do? Are you one that would go to the Word? Kids, well, that was Jesus. No, that was Jesus as a man teaching us that we can do it. Amen? You with me? This is my favorite message. I love it. This message changed my life. So I get a little excited about it, but, you know. So anyway, here we are. We're supposed to live by the word of his power. Now I want you to notice that Jesus said that man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. There's a little more being said there than just what we read on the surface. You see, bread is a basic. It's a staple. When they want a prisoner just to survive but not do well, they give him bread and water. And see, when Jesus is saying that we're not to live by bread alone, it means we're not to be just consumed and focused and controlled by the natural. See, the word that comes out of God's mouth is the supernatural. It takes us to a higher level. We don't have to be afraid of what's happening around us because we got a God who has supernatural power he's made available to us and all we have to do is live by the word of his power, flip the switch, remember we looked at it a couple weeks ago, speaking his word with faith releases that power and changes the natural circumstances we're facing. Pastor Mike, do you really believe that? I stake my life on it. I stake my life on it. I believe it with all of my heart. Why? Because I've seen it work over and over again. And I want you to know that you can, you can plant your flag on this, you can stand on this foundation, and you can know, yeah, storms are gonna come, but when you build your house on the rock of God's word, that's who Jesus is. Remember the word was God, was with God and was God, and then took on flesh and dwelt among us. I'm quoting John from three weeks ago. But the word of God is what gets us through. It's what helps us know that we're victorious because of God's power that's been made available to us. There's other scriptures that substantiate this. 2 Corinthians 5, 7 says this, for we're to walk by faith and not by sight. What does that mean? It means we stay focused on the supernatural and we don't allow ourselves to be controlled by the natural. When the natural comes up and it says something different than what the word of God says, we lean to this. We declare this. We speak this over our lives. And it will change the natural. That's what we're talking about. That's what it means to walk by faith and not by sight. God doesn't want us being destroyed. Remember, Jesus said he came to do this, but he said, I've come. I've come. That's what he came to do, but this is what I came to do. I came that you might have life and have it to the full. He doesn't want us destroyed. He doesn't want us just to barely get by. He wants us to thrive. He wants us to walk out a life that is so blessed that other people will say, what in the world? Why do things work for you? How do you not get sick? How do you, everything always work out for you? And you tell them about your relationship with God. And you tell them about how you count on his word and how you live by the word of his power. It's a testimony to draw other people to him. Sure, we're blessed in it, but it's not a bless me club. It's a walk out what God's provided for you club. And anybody doesn't like that, you could stick with the natural, I don't care. But I could tell you this, I don't care who you are. I don't even care if you hate God. He's got something better for you because he loves you. And that's what we're trying to show you. Amen? Remember in, in uh, 
Luke 10, 19. It says, Behold, I give you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. Note, it says enemy. What's that telling us? We have an enemy. We're at war whether we believe it or not. Whether we want to accept it, it's a reality. And God is trying to warn us about it. And it would behoove us to listen to what he's telling us. Amen? Over all the power of the enemy, and because we have power of the enemy, remember what it says, nothing shall by any means hurt you. That's good news. So how do we fight this enemy? 2 Corinthians 10, 4, and 5. One of some of my favorite scriptures, guys. Please hear me. Don't be distracted. You know, tell the kids to go out in the yard. Tell your husband to, shh. Whatever you got to do, get this. This right here is life-changing if you'll receive it. Amen? 2 Corinthians 10, 4, and 5. Here's what it says. For the weapons, because we're at war, we need weapons, of our warfare, which we're in, are not carnal. They're not natural. And when we try to fight the, de- the, the enemy in the natural, we get defeated. Adam and Eve thought they could handle it in the natural, and it cost them everything. Jesus knew to deal with it in the spiritual, and he won. He was victorious. That's our examples. Amen? Are not carnal, they're not natural, but mighty in God. Thank you, Jesus. They're mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. And we're going to talk a little bit more about what strongholds are in just a minute. Verse 5 says, casting down arguments. One translation says imaginations. Another one says reasonings. And every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Well, how do we know the knowledge of God? It's in his word. So everything exalts itself against the word of God. We're to cast down. What does it mean to cast it down? Does it mean to hold it, to play with it? No, it means to get rid of it, to throw it down. As soon as you recognize this is exalting itself against God's will for my life, you, can't, you don't play with it. You don't let it in. And this is the sticky part. And this is where people, they don't like this. Because you're responsible for what you think about. You're responsible for what you ponder. What, what you, the Bible says, meditate on, which means think about over and over. And see, the thing is, If you think about the wrong thing, you let it in. And when you let it in, you got to deal with it. But if you put a hedge around it, see, the the enemy came in the garden, the enemy came in the wilderness, and the enemy comes to your life the exact same way. And we have to do exactly what the Word says to do if we want to be victorious. We can't play his game and then wonder why this happens. We can't go ahead and enter into what he set up for us and then wonder why is God letting this happen. No. God said, you do what Jesus said. You stop it as soon as you see it. No. It is written. No, I choose to live by God's word. It's that simple. It really is. But most people drop off right there. And I'm challenging you not to. I'm challenging you to go ahead and when you... When you see that thing on TV or you, you, you start getting those thoughts about that person or whatever it is that is that temptation the devil's laid out for you, no, not going to do it. I'm going to focus more on what God says. Let me bring a little more clarity to this in 2 Corinthians 10, uh, 4 and 5 in the Amplified. It says this. Let me find my place here. 
It says, for the weapons of our warfare are not physical weapons of flesh and blood. They're not natural, but they are mighty before God for the overthrow and destruction of strongholds. Strongholds are where the devil tries to get a stronghold on you. And see, we're told in the Bible not, not to give place to the devil. That actually means don't give him a foothold because when somebody has a foothold, they're harder to deal with. They're harder to push out of the garden out of your life. Okay? So it says don't give place to the devil. Why? Because he's harder to deal with. We are to be aware of what he's up to. We already read that. So, um, mighty God before, for the overflow and destruction of strongholds. Look at, listen to five. It's amazing. Inasmuch as we, you and me, refute arguments and theories and reasonings and every proud and lofty thing that sets itself up against the true knowledge of God. Remember, my people perish. My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. We have to know what God's word says so that we can recognize when it's not according to his word, when it's rising up and it's trying to get us to focus on it instead of focus on what God has told us to do. It, it, it's so plain. I hope you can see that picture developing right now. A true knowledge of God, we, we lead every thought and every purpose away captive into the obedience of Christ or the obedience of God's word. Amen? So now here's, here's what I want you to understand is that in, in my Bible, maybe yours, I don't know if yours has this, my Bible has footnotes where they're little study notes where people that have contributed to it say something. I'm going to read it for you word for word what it says in the footnotes of mine. In 2 Corinthians 10, 4 and 5, it says, Paul seems to be referring to demonic strongholds or sinners of opposition to the light of the gospel, to what God's word says. Or every scheme, Paul is, this says the light of the gospel, or every scheme. Then it says, Paul is using the concept of taking prisoners of war, but in this case, the prisoners held captive are faulty patterns of thought that defy God's authority. That's exactly what happened in the garden. He got them thinking, and, and, and they fell for it. He got them engaged. He got them contemplating what he was offering them, this, this wisdom that would make them like God, and they fell for it. Jesus showed us the right way to handle it. No, it's written. We always go back to God's word. Don and I always say this. We say, hey, God's word is final authority in our life. It, it really stops so many arguments, and you stop having to be right, and you get to stay right because you put God's word final authority. So I encourage you to do that. Our weapons are mighty in God. We have the ability to use these things. And here's how we do it. When you get these thoughts, and all of us get them, why do we get them? I don't know. I don't know how the devil does it, but I know sometimes I get terrible thoughts. Thoughts I know are not from God. The, defi the deciding factor is what do I do in those moments? What do I do in the moments that I get thoughts that I know are not God? I know it's not his plan for me. I know it's a distraction, a temptation. What do I do? Well, the Bible says that we're to take them captive. We're to take them captive and we're to make them submit to what the word of God says. It's kind of like this. I've been doing this for 20-something years, but it works. People say, well, I can't control every thought. I, I, I can't do it. I, you can. Because, you know, the truth is you only get thoughts one at a time. So when it comes, you deal with it when it's there. You don't let them pile up on you. 
You don't, you don't let the devil tell you something and tell you something else and you, you know, you deal with it one at a time. No, you stop that train and say no. And here's how you do it. Right now, while you're watching me, everybody there, everybody there, come on, look at each other and say, let's do it. Start counting to 10 under your breath. Come on. Now, say your name. Did you do it? If you did, what happened to your counting? It stopped. Do you know why? A spoken thought takes precedent over the thought that you just ponder in your head. So when these thoughts come, these temptations, these distractions, when they come, the responsible thing for us to do, because we've been given authority, we've also been given responsibility, the responsible thing for us to do is to take authority over it. Say no. And we speak what the will of God is. We speak what the power of his word says. You're sick. You're going to die. No. He sent his word and healed me. You're a loser. No. I'm, I'm a royal priest. I'm a chosen generation. You know, you're never going to mount anything. You can't do anything right. No. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. We have to catch it and replace it with what God's word says. This is the way to victory, I promise you. And if you'll do this, it's going to help you. You say, but really, do we, can we really control what we think? Last scriptures we're going to close for today. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. I want you to see this. It says, be anxious for nothing. What that's telling me is in those moments where you're stressed and you're feeling anxious, he's telling you what to do. Again, instruction. Be anxious for nothing. When you're feeling overwhelmed, when you're feeling like that, he says, what does he say? But in everything... This is what you do. You pray. Well, how do you pray? You talk. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, supplication means a request. So this is a prayer or a request with thanksgiving. Why? Because you do it in faith. You know if you ask God and it's according to his word because we're living by the power of his word, by the word of his power. It, it, it manifests in our lives that he's going to answer this. He's going to answer this prayer. Thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And here it is. This ties into last week. Guys, listen to this. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. What we learned last week in Proverbs? Above all else, guard your heart. That means it's most important. Why? Because out of it flow the issues or the forces of life, good or evil, death and life from the power of the tongue. We know that out of the abundance of what we let in our heart, the mouth speaks. That's why it's so important to guard it and only let good things in. I hope you're getting this. So that when these bad situations, temptations, and, and distractions come, we what? Out of the abundance of the good things, the word of his power that we've placed in there comes forth words of faith. We see that situation change. The devil's defeated. We walk through that attack in complete victory because of the power that God's made available to us. I hope you see that. It guards our heart. and helps us to see this. And then verse 8, this is just a, a, an encouragement that God put in his word. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there's any virtue, if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate or think out about these things. See, what he's saying is you can't let your mind stay in the gutter and then expect to walk in God's power. 
You can't be constantly in fear because the devil said, I'm going I'm to huff and puff and I'm going to blow your house down. You can't sit there and freak out about it. You've got to step up and say, no, my shield of faith will quench all the fiery darts. No weapon formed against me will prosper. That is the power. That is the word of his power in operation. And that's the way we were designed to operate in this life. Don't let the devil in your garden. He'll try to hit you when you're down in the wilderness. He's going to come at you in your life. The Bible says he comes. But God's given us the, the, the victory. He's given us the, the, the way to handle this. Once a con man's exposed, he can't con you anymore. This enemy doesn't have that kind of power when you know who you are in Christ. I hope you got this. I love you guys. This word will change your life and it will change the people around your life as you walk in it. If you just give God a chance. Amen? I want, to bow your, I want you to bow your heads, close your eyes. We're going to say a quick prayer. Heavenly Father, I just thank you right now for continued revelation on what we've talked about. Allow your word to be deposited into the hearts of the hearers to grow deep and strong and to produce a harvest, Father. Let it be so full in their heart that it comes out of their mouth when the enemy shows up. I thank you we're going to have victories and testimonies. We're going to hear that the devil's plan was, was stopped and that God's plan came to fruition. For anyone who doesn't know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, that, of course, would be your first step to be able to walk in all these amazing things that God's given us. So if you're here, I'm not talking about religion. I'm not going to try and convince you to join a church. I'm just telling you how it is. God loves you. He knows everything that you've done, good and bad. He knows the thoughts that you've, you've allowed, good and bad. And he still says, I want you to be in relationship with me. He said, I sent my son to die and pay the price for all of your sins, every single one of them. And all he's asked you to do is accept that payment and allow him to be Lord of your life. If you're willing to do that, I want you to say this prayer with me. Heavenly Father, today I believe that you truly do love me and that you've made a way for me to be in relationship with you. That my sins can be washed away and I can walk in the fullness of what you have for me. I believe this in my heart. And now I'm going to confess it with my mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord. Amen. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, we got people all around celebrating, hooping and hollering. And I promise you, some of them are crying because it means so much to us. That's why we exist, to help you find Jesus and walk with him. Amen. Guys, we love you. We got so many great things happening. We're giving away a total. Uh, let's see. We've gave away 100 to another ministry. We gave away 150 to um, the city of Green Acres for the kids at school. We're going to have them. And we've given 100 away through our church. 350 backpacks filled with school supplies. God is so good. We got news that uh, our grant was approved to do the food outreach for the people who are struggling. Cross Ministry provides food for. We don't know how much it is, but hey, it's going to empower us to do more 
to help the community. That's what we do. More good news is coming. I can't share it yet, but it, it's just some great things. Oh, we got six, 600 packs of, of hygiene kits um, for the Operation Christmas Child that was donated to us, which is not only going to help the Operation Christmas Child, but we're also going to be able to do a lot of great things for the homeless ministry. So just God is doing some amazing things. What the devil thought was going to destroy us has just made us stronger, made us more powerful. So let's rise up, let's be the church, and let's live it out loud. Amen? I love you guys. I want to thank everybody that supports us with your tithes and your offerings. You make the difference. You're, you're the reason this church is able to even exist and, and be what God's called us to be. So you guys have a great day. And I can't wait to see you soon. Bye. This is the end of this teaching. We hope you enjoyed it. To stay connected with our ministry, visit us on the web at myffc.tv or like us on Facebook.